Isn't it interesting that the very people who are for equality are actually authoritarians and into authoritarianism? Well, hi everybody, Brian Sussman here, Brian Sussman Show, Faith, Family, Freedom, online, briansussman.com. You see, the left demands control. In the name of equality, they demand control. Because because we're lesser-minded, and so we're incapable of equality. Isn't it interesting that they embrace authoritarianism in an attempt to achieve equality. I mean, that's really what it's all about. So that's what I want to unpack in today's broadcast. You know, there are really a few ideas today that seize the minds of liberals more than equality. Very few. Very few ideas today that seize their minds more than equality. I'm talking about income equality and marriage equality and racial equality and this equality and that. But let's, let's ask this question. What is it about how liberals think of equality that makes them so prone to authoritarian policies? Okay, here's what I mean. Let's think of the tax policy within the United States. It's confiscatory. Let's talk about campus speech codes these days. Totally have nothing to do with free speech. In the name of free speech, equality, They're shutting down speech, inequality. That's because they're authoritarians. They're anything that flies in the face of what they believe. They're okay with shutting down. It's no different, as I've I've shared with you in recent podcasts, I'm writing another book right now, and so much of what I'm writing about has to do with, once again, the history of, of Marxism, because At the root of the environmental movement, which is what the book is about at large, is is Marxism. And they are so damned authoritarian. And yet they do it with a happy face. They do it with a happy face in the name of equality. (laughs) The first thing you notice about this approach to equality is the aggressive means to achieve it. Money generally is taken from some people and given to others. At the end of the day, when you look at uh, what happened, for example, with every communist country that's popped up on the face of the world, um, it's, been, it's been a gross takeover from the haves to the have-nots. And in socialist countries around the world, those who have earned more or maybe even inherited more than others find that money quickly taken away. Authoritarian. Okay, how about this? You can't force a boy into a girl's bathroom with nice words. You need a court order. You can't overturn the definition of marriage without making a fundamental change by the majority stroke of a single Supreme Court justice's pen. That's how you change the Constitution. Coercion, aggressive coercion. The coercion is built into the absolute nature of the demands. We're talking about making, we're talking about a cultural revolution here in the making, friends. And nothing short of of breaking a lot of eggs to make the new progressive omelet (laughs) is required. 
Second thing you notice is that the individual human being in this this authoritarian equality in the name of, well, authoritarianism in the name of equality, you notice that the individual human being suddenly completely disappears. This is what happens in every Marxist country. No single person is responsible for anything, unless, of course, you're the business owner, or you're the bank owner, or you're the conservative free speech advocate. Oh, well, then you're responsible for corruption. You're responsible for uh, uh, gross indistribution of wealth. You're right on down the line. Morality is not defined by what we do as individual human beings, but by our political attitudes, ideology in their world, because they have no moral compass. When you're an atheist, you have no moral compass. Your morality is defined by society, political attitudes, ideology, cultural approval. Do we advocate same-sex marriage? and an expanded welfare state? Do we, how, do we, how do we question these things? If we don't advocate same-sex marriage, then suddenly we're intolerant. If we don't want an expanded welfare state, then we're cruel. We don't like people. We're mean-spirited. How could you be that way? And I thought you were such a religious person. In the authoritarian world, there's no room for dissent. None. Everybody falls in line. It's really interesting. You see this uh, in the Silicon Valley. There are a lot of uh, Chinese residents who are, I mean, they're, they're brand new to the United States of America working in the Silicon Valley. And you'll notice as they drive, first of all, they're generally speaking very terrible drivers and in large measure because they don't want to look around while they're driving. They're always looking straight ahead. You could be in a car right next to them honking your horn because they're going 40 into 65 and they refuse to look. It's been bred into them from being in a communist country. They want to fall in line. They don't want to look out of place even though they're driving 40 into 65. And they certainly don't want to look around to see who might be watching lest they be accused of looking at something they shouldn't. No, I've heard this from people who do business in China as well. It's the same thing. Uh, I was in a restaurant. I watched, I don't know, uh, a handful of people clearly just in from China. And uh, they, were, they, were, they were all very nice. I mean, generally speaking, they are. They don't rock the boat. Uh, they were in a restaurant, fast food restaurant. They walked up to the counter and they all ordered the same thing. They all want to fall in line. No one wants to be different. This is, there's no room for dissent. There's no room for looking like you're a rebel. They all fall in line. They've been trained to be this way over the course of their lives. Authoritarian in the name of equality. Third, this progressive concept of equality that I'm speaking of also depends on a, on a real pretense. And the pretense is this. We must pretend 
that things are inherently that things that are inherently different are treated exactly as the same. Let's let's give a present example. Marriage has always been understood for thousands of years to be between a man and a woman. To treat a same-sex couple as the equal of a traditional couple, we have to redefine the nature of marriage. And we have to pretend as if two very different things are, in fact, exactly the same. It's the same thing with the climate agenda. Suddenly, we have to pretend as if carbon dioxide, which is essential for life and is by all means a fertilizer, suddenly we have to treat it as if it were a pollutant. If we don't, the entire climate change agenda is turned on its head. A similar trick of illogic happens in racial identity politics, critical race theory. For example, Martin Luther King Jr. believed that black Americans should be treated equally because they are first and foremost human beings. They share this trait with everyone, doesn't matter what the color. He didn't claim they deserve their equal rights because they're black. They deserve their equal rights because they're human. King didn't like stereotyping of any kind. If you listen to his speeches, read his speeches, when he said he had a dream where black people would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, he was making a universal claim. Blacks are individuals. They're no different from anyone. Their right to equality is based on their rights as individuals. He was demanding that they should be given the exact same political or civil rights as whites. His version of equality was perfectly in sync with the founding fathers of the United States of America. Thomas Jefferson, for example, desired a constitution that treats everyone equally, equally before the law, and protects the individual rights of everyone equally. The founders knew it was going to take a while to get there, but that's what they meant by equality. But the progressive approach to equality, it's a belief that all economic and social differences between people must be erased. And the problems we have are because of white people. And this, is inspi- this type of thinking has inspired leftist politicians and activists for centuries. Socialism, communism, authoritarianism of all kinds. Traditionally, Americans have not been comfortable with any of this until recently, until recently. Now, this is the dominant ideology of American liberalism. America faces a growing economic inequality, but it's being caused by government policies intended to fight it. Namely, welfare, government regulatory policies, and now things like critical race theory and the climate agenda. The climate agenda is all about social justice. The climate agenda is all about social inequity. The government and the courts try to force people to accept the new values of a radical multicultural state 
And as they do this, more authoritarian methods will have to be used. So in order to understand where we're going, you have to understand where we've been and where we are. And the bottom line is, this is very important to discuss and and become equipped regarding the facts as we move forward to the next election cycle. Because as you hear over and over and over again, this election cycle is the most important we've ever had. Well, I've been hearing that for the last 20 years. But guess what? It's the truth. Because with each election cycle, the stakes seem to be getting higher and higher. That is today's episode of The Brian Sussman Show. BrianSussman.com is the website. Brian Sussman Show is my Facebook page. And of course, daily doses of inspiration at Brian Sussman Show on Instagram. Short episode today, my friends, but I hope you have found it worthwhile. God bless your day.